open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, others, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have a U version of the Bible, if you're using the U version of the Bible, we've mentioned this a number of times, it's been in the bulletin. If you're using the U version, you can look under, you go to the menu, you go under events, you hit events, you look for Oil City Community Alliance. Some of you have that. And if you open up events and go to Oil City Community Alliance, you'll see uh, this message, What's New With You, uh, part three. So you just kind of click on that, and the scripture will come up that we're reading here. There's the points are there. I'm trying a little experiment. I know it worked for me because I'd opened it on mine and saw it there after I did it on my computer. So you'll see the points that are there as well as a number of the scriptures that are being used uh, throughout the time that are already there for you on the uh, version, if that's where you're at. Uh, so feel free to use that um, hooking in here. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And um, let's begin with verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us a message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So, what's new with you? That's the question we've been asking for a a number of weeks here. What's new with you? Based on what we're looking at here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you are a Christian here today who has given your life over to Christ and entered into a real relationship with him, then what's new with you? Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The answer to that question is everything. Everything is new with you. For we are new creations But we don't always grasp how much that we have changed, how new we really are. I mean, we've not just gotten better. We have gotten completely different, new, dramatically. And we've talked about this. We've talked about how we've had new, like a new heart, a new mind. There is so much other things new inside of you. But more than that, there's new that's outside of you. We've talked about some of those. But we have new, we've got a new family. As a new creation, you got a new family. You got a new country, a new uh, a citizenship, a new world. Philippians chapter 3, we talked about that last week. We talked about this last week in Philippians chapter 3 about the new citizenship that we have. We have been given so much new. But what's the point? What's the point? What is the purpose of being made new? And here's a hint. It's not so that we can live in holy, huddled, churchianity that works on behavior modification till we become 
quote, good Christians and just sit around and wait for the bus to heaven to take us home. That's what it's not. We have been given a much bigger, broader, eternal, new purpose for our life. Look at verse 15 in our passage. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. To live for him. Jesus died for us that we might live for him. We've been made into a new person that's not just ready for heaven now. We've been made into a new person that is ready for earth. And all that God wants of us, uniquely fitted for a new purpose, a new point to our lives, and that is verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We have become ambassadors for Christ. That's who we are. Ministers of reconciliation. Verse 18. Again, look back at that. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we've been given. It's the same concept in our, our great commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It's the same concept in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the very ends of the earth. And some people say, yeah, 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 I've heard that. I, I've heard it. I know. I, I know. I know what we're supposed to do. But what I'm talking about today is something bigger than that. Because when we look around, we find there are too many Christians that are not just neglecting the purpose of why we are here. But have forgotten who we are. We are ambassadors of the king. You are a new creation as a Christian. Therefore, you, Jesus says here, says to us in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And we need to remember who we are. We are Christ's ambassadors representing the kingdom of heaven from which we have come. An ambassador is a high-ranking official with a very important job to do. To be an ambassador is the highest calling a Christian has. Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you know, uh, it may be so, but uh, I'm not even close to being an ambassador. I'm not anywhere near that. Anyway, isn't that what we got missionaries and pastors for? Right? Are they supposed to do that stuff? You know, and for some people, they just kind of say that so they can get out of their responsibility and I'll, I'll pay somebody to do it for me or whatever. And But others really don't believe that God would ask them to do this. You need to realize today that I, as the pastor am not more of an ambassador than you are. I don't have more power than you have. I don't have more access to the king of who we serve than you do. We've all been drafted into his service. And when we became new creations in Christ, we got a new job, a new position, a new purpose, a new point for our life. Actually, uh, many do think of being an ambassador as a job, but really in the kingdom of God, it's, it's beyond that. It is a calling to something 
not that we do, but a calling to who we are to be. You are ambassadors. In fact, let's just say that together, not the you, because let's make it personal. First person pronoun, meaning you're going to say I, as I'm going to say. So just for us to say, I am an ambassador of the king. Are you ready? Let's try that. One, two, three. I am an ambassador of the king. All right. You said it. We're going to say it again until we're actually getting this to really think and recognize who we are. Say, I'm ambassador king. Somebody's still like thinking, whoa, I'm not going to give you three woes, but whoa, I'm not an ambassador. I'm just a regular, ordinary Christian. I I love it when people say that because I wonder what are the other ones? Irregular? Um, But anyway, you know, while there may be a difference in what you are doing compared to other Christians, there is no difference to God. There are no super Christians. There are no special Christians. There are especially no committed Christians because you either are or you aren't. There are no Christians that eventually will work up to be an ambassador someday. Instead, the very definition of a Christian is somebody who is an all-new creation with a new, from a new nation that now represents as an ambassador the king. You are not ordinary people with ordinary jobs you are ambassadors for christ for the king of kings the lord of lords you are so much more and you are called to so much more yes you have a higher calling each and every single christian here today should be able to say what I am an ambassador to the king. Do you remember uh, remember when we were kids? Now, I know this is not for everybody, but for a number of people. When we were kids out on the playground and they were picking teams. And, you know, one way or the other is they're picking teams. You know, you were trying to say, you know, pick me, pick me. You know, some are like, ah, pick me, pick me, ah, pick me. You know, others are just a little more cool. Like, like hey. pick me, you know, kind of like, hey. Hey, you know, you know, I'm the best. I'm your best friend. Even if I'm not your best friend, I'm the best. Come on. You know, so yeah, we're trying to get it. You know, I, I want to be picked. I want to be a part of that. So what happens when we become adults? And we God asks us to do something when we God wants to pick us for his team. It's kind of like, oh, no, 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 don't pick me. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. lost something there in many ways it, we're, we're much like moses let's turn back to exodus chapter 3 in exodus chapter 3 and verse 9 and god is speaking here and he says in exodus chapter 3 verse 9 and now the cry of the israelites has reached me And I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, speaking to Moses, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. This will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent you. And they asked me, what is his name? 
then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Now, let's just follow this. He's been talking with God about this. Moses basically right there said, a couple of, well, I'm not really the one. I'm not uh, I'm not the ambassador to bring about this to the Pharaoh and bring your people free type of thing. Uh, chapter four, let's skip over. Moses starts in verse one. Well, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? The Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him and he gave him a sign and he talks about that. Let's jump over to verse 10. Moses said to the Lord again, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since I've spoken to your since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives sight, makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. God, like, don't pick me, not me. Someone else to do it. And then, in verse 14, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And it's always a scary thing that when the Lord's anger burned against him, he actually gave him what he asked for in God's anger. It didn't work out later the way that happened. There are plenty of Christians who are just saying, I can't be an ambassador for Christ, not me. I mean, Lord, I'm not a minister of reconciliation telling people about your love. In fact, we could just go on with this this list. I, I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a pastor. I'm I'm not trained. I'm uh, not knowledgeable. I am not a good speaker. I am not good with people. I am not brave. I am not. Just fill in the blank. What is it that you have? Now, there are those who would say all of these things and more, oftentimes as an excuse just to get out of it. They, they know they're not. All, they are some of those things. They are capable and they have it. But, you know, they just use an excuse. But there are many who would say this, you know, and, and you think about it. These are some of the excuses used by Moses to argue with God. Moses is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not the man. I'm not the one. And eventually God said to Moses, after he went through and taught with him all this, so he says, all right, Moses, I've heard what you're not. Here's what I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Just do it. Basically, all we are doing is questioning whether God knows what he is doing and making us ambassadors. The questioning the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is seated on the throne, the creator of the ends of the universe, who is in all, who is all and all knowing, all wise, all powerful, God above all. We're saying to him, I think I know myself better than you. I think I know who I am. I got to say, no, If you're a Christian here today. You are an ambassador to the king. You make it very clear. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And so here we have this list of things that we're not. And God's reply. Okay, 
Thank you for telling me, your creator and father, what you're not. Now, here's what you are. You are an ambassador from me. You are an ambassador for me. Period. What are we? I am an ambassador for the king. It doesn't matter how negative and how down on yourself you and others are. In fact, it doesn't matter if all these things about you that are up here are actually true of what you're not. None of that matters. It doesn't change the fact you are an ambassador. There, there is only one thing on a list that you need to be an ambassador of Christ, and that is to be a new creation, to be a Christian. And if you are, then you are an ambassador. You have been recreated. Not you were an ambassador. Not you were able to do all this stuff before. But once you become a new creation in Christ as a Christian, that's who you are. Not just what you're called to do. That's who you are. And you might have a different opinion of yourself. You might have other people in your life that have some thoughts about you that are not so great. But based on what other people think or how you think, you may not feel worthy. You may not feel qualified to go out there and even to talk with someone. But guess what? There's not, there has not been any election. There is no vote. There is no recommendation by people in your life. There is only an appointment by the God of your life. The God of the universe chose you. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and light. You have been chosen. You are a priesthood. You are ambassadors to Christ. Who are we? I am an ambassador to the king. We need to remember who we are, but as well, we need to remember whose we are. Far too many have made this becoming a Christian, being a new creation and get experiencing new life to merely be about eternal life. Yeah, I got new life. I'm a Christian. So it's all about eternal life that I get to someday go to heaven. We make it all about our personal salvation, about what God did just for me. It's all about me. I said a prayer. I said this prayer and I got a new ticket to ride to heaven. But until that day, many are just in the driver's seat themselves, going where they want, doing what they want to do, because they've forgotten whose they are. And therefore, they don't think that they're an ambassador. How could they be an ambassador? Because that's not their purpose in life. That's not what they want. And yet that is what God wants. You become a new creation. Everything was changed. Everything becomes new, including the reason that we live. The very reason that we exist becomes new. Back in our original chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. If we truly made a decision to follow Christ. And what that means is what he tells us here. Jesus said to them, all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. 
dead to self, alive to and through Christ. Remembering whose we are, not just who we are. And say, so, okay, 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 uh, so we're ambassadors. So that just means that just I add that to the list of all the other things I got to do in my life. No, that's not it. This is on a whole different level. It's not just something you got to do. Remember, it's something that you are. It's who you are, 24-7, 365. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but Pastor, I got, I got things I got to do. I got things I want to do. Well, I, 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 my family, it's not just about me and my family, what they want to do. I want my family to experience this and this, and I got this. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, tells us that we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Whose are we? We're not our own. Or Galatians chapter 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. To live for Christ means that we have been crucified with Christ. That we no longer live for self. We are dead to self. We live for what he wants and what he wants and what he has made us to be. And why we are here is to be ambassadors for the king. Who are we? We are. I am an ambassador for the king. Yes. We've gotten so caught up in the things of this temporary life. We have forgotten who sent us and we've forgotten why. We've gotten so caught up in the civilian affairs of this life and we just think it's normal. It's just kind of the Christian life, the comfortable, safe, American Christian life that we live and think that's the way it is. But 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. We're so busy doing this and that and things that we feel like we want to do, that we like to do, that we should be doing for our families and others that we've forgotten whose we are. And in the end, we end up living for my kingdom to come, for my will to be done and not thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is in heaven, so it is on earth. Not as it will, thy will be done in heaven. Someday I'll be up there with you and then we'll all be good and we'll spend a lot of eternity together, Jesus, and you kind of get it. Then no. It's saying, your will be done here on earth right now as it is in heaven not your will be done someday when i get there your will be done right now it's about you are my king jesus not me and therefore i am your ambassador your representative on this earth so who are we what do we say this together i am an ambassador of the king in many ways it's an exciting mission Each day, with everything that we say and everything that we do, we're representing the one that we belong to. And nonetheless, there's still some, I I, I don't want this. I I can't imagine with everything else I've got to do. I mean, I I got a job. I, I, I got a job and I have to work long hours. It's hard. It's hard for me to serve the Lord. I just said, whoa. This is not about... The message is not about you quitting your job, walking around barefoot in Oil City area and preaching, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, you don't have to do that. That's not what we're talking about. 
It's about who you are and who you are and what's going on. Which means that when you were at your job, you were there first and foremost as an ambassador of Christ. Your number one responsibility is an ambassador of Christ at your workplace. You represent Christ by your actions and your attitudes. Now, obviously, if you're a cruddy worker, I don't care. You represent Christ. Doesn't mean that you're not there to do work. You are there to do that, but for His glory and to be a light and salt for Him. To represent Jesus by our actions and our attitudes along with what we say. Not just the words coming out of our mouth as in not saying bad words, but what we say about Him. How do they even know we are from another land, that we are strangers here, that our citizenship is in heaven? How do they even know that we are ambassadors of the king unless we actually say something along those lines? We're going to talk more next week uh, and follow this up about what we are to do or how we are to do this. Um, But as an ambassador, just recognizing that it's not a part-time job, it's not a hobby we take up when we feel like we've got enough energy. It's not a volunteer position we do when we have some time available. It's not even a temporary nine-to-five position. It's a lifetime 24-7 appointment. And we are never off the clock as ambassadors. Never. A lifetime ministry of reconciliation till the day that the kingdom of heaven's ambassadors are recalled back to their home country as the rapture of believers takes place and we are caught up together and meet him in the air. And when that time comes, there's a sense that this whole sense of lifetime appointment, never off the clock, really won't seem so bad because when we think of it in light of eternity, This lifetime appointment as being an ambassador is really just a short-term position. It's a very short-term position compared to eternity. And we will experience an eternal happy ending. But unfortunately, there are too, too many that that day is going to be the beginning of an eternal horror that we could help change. That we as ambassadors could tell them how to get a passport to the kingdom of God. Verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We are plan A. There is no plan B. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. God has trusted us with this, with, with that good news, and people are counting on us. We not only have the ear of the king, but we are the mouthpiece for the king. We have a way to have access to the king. We're not some lowly bureaucrat, some cog in a wheel. We are speaking for God directly as if he says here in verse 20, as if God's speaking through us. It's a big job. It's a big responsibility. It's a big deal. We'll talk more about the big power next week that he gives us. But 
We are ambassadors of King set apart on purpose for a purpose. So one more time, let's see if we can declare this loudly, saying, I am an ambassador of the king. One, two, three. All right. I ask the worship team to come. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time in your word and just to recognize who we are and whose we are. You have made us this. Very much so. When you made us new, you gave us a new point, a new purpose to life. That's not just about us. It's about you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to look for those opportunities this week. To be ambassadors. You have put us in places. You will bring us across peoples that we have not seen before and others that we've known for years. Help us not just to look at this as some job or some task that we're supposed to go and do or be a witness. Help us to recognize that's just who we are as your ambassadors, helping people to have access to your kingdom for all eternity. Help us to commit ourselves to that even now, to you. In your name we pray, Jesus.